0: You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you, raising an autistic child. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now, instead of staying stuck in wishing, hoping, and dreaming it was different? That is the question, and this podcast, along with our Let's Talk Autism newsletter and our private sisterhood, will give you the answers. My name is Shannon Urquiola, and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. All right, stay with me, and let's get on to this week's episode. Episode 125, Increase Positive Social Interactions Teaching Problem Solving. Well, hello there, my friends. I hope that you are doing well and thank you for coming to spend a little time with me today. You know, I always appreciate it and I hope that you leave with something that helps make your, you know, coming days and weeks and months ahead a little bit easier to navigate. So today I want to talk about how you can help your children who struggle with social interactions by teaching them problem-solving. You know, problem-solving is just something that naturally happens for most of us, but for our children on the spectrum, this isn't usually the case, and there are things that you can do to help them. So, does your kid ever seem argumentative when things don't go their way? Maybe they are bossy to their peers, or they struggle to make or keep friends, Maybe they don't handle frustration or disappointment or change well and they aren't able to navigate their emotions in those situations. Unfortunately, our children often have significant social impairments and often require direct instruction, helping them learn and navigate their social interactions with others. Think about how having solid social skills contribute to not only the initiation of new relationships, but also having those skills is what leads to peer acceptance. But on the flip side, having deficits in those areas often leads to peer rejection. And our kids often have difficulty navigating social situations, yet this skill is necessary for all aspects of social communication, right? Maintaining relationships. So then it's up to us, to you, to their team to help them build these skills. And listen, it doesn't matter if you have littles or if you have a young adult they will likely need help navigating many social settings to master these skills over time. Their ability to read body language and facial expressions are things that they often miss, and therefore it obviously interferes with their ability to interact appropriately in any given social setting. What I have learned is that there are typically two different ways our autistic children may present the social component. And so the first one is individuals who become anxious or agitated in social situations. They may avoid social settings at all costs and show, you know, just a complete lack of interest. And I'll tell you, that is Jordan without a doubt. Now, the second is for are kids on the spectrum who really want to interact socially. They want friends and they want to interact with their peers, but they just can't figure out how to do it in a way that their peers would be accepting. They're often odd and quirky and don't interact in a typical way, which causes their peers to not want to be their friend. Much of the problem is that because they miss the whole nonverbal social cues like body language and facial expressions. and then add to that their inability to understand why they don't fit in can lead them to becoming frustrated just trying. And often they give up. So you know, I talked about theory of mind way back in the beginning, back episode 40. Um, And it's context, blindness, and autism. So if you missed that episode, I definitely want to recommend that you go back and listen to episode 40 because our kids are, they often cannot grasp the concept that other people have their own thoughts and feelings that are different from theirs. So if you think about it, our kids struggle to interact socially socially. Because they cannot predict the behaviors of others. Because in order to do that, they would have to think about what the other person is thinking. And that's where the disconnect is. If someone is sad because of something that happened in their own life, your kiddo may not be able to understand that they are sad because them themselves, they're not feeling sad. Another thing is that they may not get the connection of how their behavior can have an effect on other people, because they often think that to uh, that other people think and feel the same way they do. It's interesting to me because while theory of mind you know, sounds complex. The truth is kids generally have mastered this by five years old, but unfortunately not our children. The entire concept is so abstract and literally will generally take continuing to teach them over and over again until hopefully one day they begin to grasp the connection. And here's another thing. Whether your child is verbal or nonverbal, continuing to work on these problem solving skills can improve so many other areas of their just day to day challenging behaviors as well as academic struggles. What I don't want you to do is to jump into the future and expect progress at a pace that just isn't reasonable for your child. You have to start where your child is. And if you think that your child may never fully grasp or understand or develop these skills, I want to remind you, that is not a reason to not continue to teach them and encourage improvements, no matter how small. You have to remember that independence will look different and mean something different for each one of our children. And so does progress. I don't ever recommend comparing your child to another child. They are all on their own path and your expectations must always be based on your individual child or children, not on another child's deficits or successes. Now, it's also helpful to use real-life teaching moments rather than trying to, you know, quote, teach them problem-solving techniques, which is just more teaching time in their mind or when they're tired or frustrated because, I mean, I'm sure all of us here know that likely won't have a good ending, right? (laughs) And I know how hard it can be as a parent to watch our children struggle with a problem. And what do we want to do? We want to fix it, right? I know. I get it. That is, you know, that mama bear in us. But it's important to remember that you have to balance your helping them or fixing it with allowing them to figure things out and work towards independence by doing. You know, I said something in our private membership the other day, and one of our moms said later that it was something that really resonated with her. And what I said was that we were pushing Jordan out of his comfort zone without stretching him too much. And what I can tell you is that is a fine line that you, as their parent, have to walk on. What I did tell her was that unfortunately for us, like most things we did along this journey, we were late to the game. And what I can tell you is that my hope for everything that I am doing and sharing is that moms like you who get to come behind me on this journey, won't wait as long as we did. I don't have anyone who went before me who helped me navigate and find my way. And that's why I'm here and why sharing our journey with you is so important to me. I want your journey journey to be easier and hopefully I'm encouraging you to try some things, to do some things differently in hopes that For your children, their successes will show up much earlier than Jordan's did. Now, when it comes to socialization, our kids might have a language delay and they don't respond to social cues and usually struggle with understanding social social situations. And that can be frustrating for them. When they can't verbalize themselves, What happens is their peers don't have the patience or understanding to wait. And that, y'all, that is so difficult for us as parents to witness. I have been there. You see the looks on the other kids' faces. You wish you didn't, but you did. And unfortunately for us, that part, that is the part that makes our hearts ache. I know. You know, we live in a very small town. Now, not as small as it once was, and it is growing, but for all intents and purposes, it's pretty darn small. And just for reference, let me just tell you, we were so excited over getting a TJ Maxx a few years ago and a Longhorn not not long after that. Those are big deals in our town. So that just gives you a little perspective. But anyways, I regressed. So my son Jordan attends a day program for adults with special needs. And most of our small town knows the place. They know what Evita is. And our town is super welcoming for all of us. But earlier this week, they, the center, was out to lunch. They go out to lunch every Tuesday to a different local restaurant, and they were out to lunch. And as they were leaving, apparently there were some not-so-nice people on their way in, and their stares and remarks and just being unkind were so hurtful to, you know, not only the individuals, but to the staff that works with them. And you know, It's times like those when I am so thankful that Jordan doesn't pay enough attention for it to impact him. Now, I will tell you, I asked him about it, and he said that he was already on the bus, so he didn't see them. But in Jordan's words, quote, they were just staring and stuff. So I think intellectually, he does understand now what it means for people to make fun of people. What I can tell you is five years ago, I couldn't say that. Now I can. But here's what I think. I'll just say this. When you make fun of special needs people, there is a special place in hell for you. But, you know, that's just my opinion. I don't, and you know, I don't expect people to understand or get it if their lives have never been impacted. But making fun of or ridiculing is never okay in my book. I always say, if you don't understand, ask. If you have questions, ask. I know most of us moms, we are more than happy to answer your questions. And we might even ask for a little help if we like you. Right? Just kidding. You know, the point is we are willing to spread awareness That is just part of normalizing this parenting journey that we are on. That is all, you know, that's just how we do it. All right. Sorry, you guys, let me get back on topic. I didn't mean to get off on that. But another thing when you're working on these types of skills is to remember that any progress forward is progress. And you have to also know that sometimes you might see huge progress and then some regression. And that is okay. Nothing has gone wrong. They are just learning in their own way. And for them, regression might be part of the process. So the first thing they have to do is they have to identify a problem. And these aren't big, you know, world problems. These are smaller problems. So maybe that's something like, I wanted to play with the kids on the playground, but I don't know how to jump rope. Then once they've identified the problem, you can brainstorm solutions with them. Ask them questions. For that situation, maybe you ask, well, do you want to learn to jump rope? And if the answer is yes, then talk about ways that that could be possible and what that would look like. Or if the answer is no, then ask. Well, what else could you do if you weren't going to jump rope? Could you play by yourself? Could you ask them to play something else that you do know how to do? You can practice with them initiating conversation, keeping a conversation going, Think, you know, saying things like, oh, that's so interesting. Tell me more about X, Y, Z. And let me give you a real life example from our home. So we are working very hard on Jordan coming out of his living room and saying hello when someone comes to our house. And that is not something that we have ever worked on or expected of him before, unfortunately. And let me tell you, we've been at it about two months now. We are consistent. We constantly remind him, and yet he still hasn't what I would call acquired that skill or habit. And yes, I know, I am sure that is because he just doesn't want to. But again, That's his social deficit. He avoids human contact and communication pretty much at all costs, unless there's something for him to gain. You guys have heard me say before, he is very self-absorbed. But we practice. When we come home, if he doesn't come out in just a few minutes, we go in and we say, hey, we're home. Remember, you should come out and say hello when someone comes home. Or if his sister comes here, I'll wait a few minutes and I know he's heard her because she's, she might be a little louder than he is actually. (laughs) We are the loud family without a doubt. Um, But he knows that she's here, but he stays in his living room with his door shut. So I, and his door, it's a glass door. So he can hear, trust me. And so I'll open the door and I'll say, hey man, your sister's here oh, hey Madison, and I'm like, no, you need to come out and say hello. And what I can tell you is, you know what? He probably does it four out of 10 times now. So we aren't making huge gains, but progress is progress, right? Yes, I am right. Progress is progress, no matter how big or small. Because that, my friends, big or small, are both subjective. And let me tell you, we also worked for months on him saying goodnight when he goes to bed and not just walking right from his living room to his bedroom without a word to anyone. And now, after what seemed like a really long time, we don't have to remind him anymore. It's become a habit for him. And every night as he goes off to bed, he'll tell Dave goodnight. Now, not me because I have long been in bed by that time but I always tell him goodnight before I go to bed every night because I want to model what I want him to do. So you get it. You want them to have a problem and you ask questions that will generate more questions that will move towards solving the problem they have. And there are so many just basic day-to-day things where you could practice this and they wouldn't even realize that you're actually using that as a teaching moment. You want to do it across all settings and at different times during the day. The goal is for them to work toward independently figuring out their solution, but it will take lots and lots of time and practice. It definitely doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. As your child moves through childhood into adolescence, their social demands and challenges will change along the way. And their social interaction should as well. Play dates and after school activities and social skills groups, those are all really important to their development and building that skill set. You hear me say all the time, early intervention is so helpful and that is no different with social skills. All right, my friend, I hope this episode has been helpful. And um, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you being here. If you're enjoying the podcast and it's helping you week after week, take a minute and write a review. We would really appreciate it. And that is how we reach more moms and grandmas and teachers and paras and dads just like you. So thank you so much for being here. Until next week, you guys have uh, an incredible week ahead. And remember, above all, you, mama, are doing amazing at this mom thing. Hey, so if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, I want to invite you to check out our Not Your Average Autism Mom community. That is where we dive deeper into all the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day. When you become not your average autism mom, you take on an identity with an incredible community of women across the globe, all raising autistic children who all show up to show the world they are Not Your Average Autism Mom. It's my favorite place to be. So head on over to the website at www.notyouraverageautismmom.com to find out all the details. And if we're not open for new members right now, be sure to join the wait list so that you'll be the first to know when we do open. We hope you do. We'd love to work with you inside.